0: Welcome to the always entertaining Sports on Point podcast. I am your host, Matthew Smith, joined in the studio by the phenom, Mr. Bob Williams. I want sleep, and of course, the guy pressing the buttons, Mr. Pod Severns. I want Bob to go to sleep. Yeah, I think we all want Bob to go to sleep. Mainly so he stops complaining about needing it. And of course, we have special guest host on the line, all the way from where Tallahassee, correct? Yes. All right. Uh, Adam McKee joining us for this very special MLB preview edition. Say hello to the folks. Adam. Winning. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, let's get it started.
1: (laughs) Yes, ladies and
0: gentlemen, it's that time of year again, moving into the national attention, into the worldwide spotlight, so to speak. It's Major League Baseball time. Spring has come around, and the bats will be swinging here in full effect in just a couple of weeks. So uh, let's take some time out here on the Sports on Point podcast. We're going to talk about division champions and contenders, throw around some potential award winners, some teams that we really see have made some big moves and, and improved a lot since last season. And, of course, as always, we have to give our thoughts, our, our two cents on World Series and playoff predictions. So... Without any further ado, let's kick it off. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the champions and contenders, some some teams in, in the various divisions that we really think are, are shaping up to be really good this season to uh, kind of control their own destiny when it comes to uh, the regular season standings, and uh, we'll start it off in the AL East. No division over the years has been more hotly contested with the recent uprising of the Tampa Bay Rays I have to I always have to I always have to stop and think about the Devil Rays versus Rays but the Tampa Rays and of course we've got the perennial champion contenders the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Bob who do you think uh, who do you think's looking good coming into the season
2: as far as the AL East is concerned? Uh, With the AL East you actually have to sit back and look at the yeah, they're going to have the offenses that is going to, you know, belt the balls out of the park, get the run production in there. It's always coming down to the pitching, though. Uh, neither of the teams really went out in the offseason and got any more pitchers the big uh, offseason acquisition. that Both of them were kind of lining up. Cliff Lee ended up at the Phillies. So it, it, it's going to come down to the previous acquisitions, whether it be the CC Sabathia or the uh, John Lackey, uh, how those do within the reference to the staffs that they already have. We know with New York, Andy Pettit retired, they're going to have to have someone like a Phil Hughes or Joe Bacheberlin possibly get shuffled in and kind of take over and see where, where that goes, and that's not typically how those two teams work.
0: Sure. And I think, uh, I think with that being said, with the fact that the pitching rotations have not had that impact move um, within, these, within these teams in the AL East, that it's, it's probably safe to say that although typically the AL East is a pitching-dominated uh, division, that uh, the offenses may end up having the final say in who wins the division. I think uh, the Red Sox bringing in Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford have definitely rounded out the bottom half of their roster as, uh, as a much solid squad. Top to bottom Do you think there's anybody out there That, uh, that can dethrone the Red Sox Is this their year or, or are we looking Yankees We we looking Rays What do you think
1: Well personally I have to look at it as uh, Somewhere along the lines of what both of you guys were saying Actually, uh, I do think that Boston's acquisition Of Gonzalez and Crawford Is going to substantially improve their lineup And let's not forget Jacoby Ellsbury coming back for playing a full season um, The Yankees I don't think they have it uh, I don't think they can take the Red Sox in that division. Uh, I think they'll be wild card contenders for sure. Uh, but when you're talking about the potential of uh, Bartolo Colon, I believe, was competing for a, uh, a roster spot there because their pitching staff just isn't what it used to be. You know, having Sergio Mitre and uh, Ivan Navoa competing for a spot in the rotation is never a good sign if you're... Uh, looking to win a division
0: i uh, i completely agree I, ironically enough i think that the division that uh we are going to be spending way too much time focusing throughout the course of the season is going to be the al east but personally i feel like there's going to be a lot of better baseball played in a lot of the other divisions and and you know saying that specifically let's move along and take a look at the uh a look at the AL Central, a division that I really think there are, again, three teams that stand a really good shot of calling themselves champion when the season winds down, uh, specifically looking personally at the Tigers' White Sox and, of course, the could never count out the Minnesota Twins. Adam, you seen any of these teams really making some moves in the offseason to give themselves a uh, shoulder up on some of these other guys?
1: Yeah, I mean when you look at that division uh, you, It is pretty much a three-team race uh, You know, I think that the the Tigers really helped themselves out quite a bit By going out and picking up Victor Martinez uh, The idea of having him as a backup catcher Slash full-time DH really lets his legs stay fresh And gives him a chance to put up some good numbers Either in front of or behind of uh, Miguel Cabrera uh, But you can never count out the Twins The only real a major acquisition they had was picking up Nishioka But you know that team always seems to hang around, and you know they had down years last year from a couple of guys in Maurer and Morneau compared to the year before, and they still ended up winning the division. So uh, you can never really count those guys out. They didn't really lose uh, a ton either. Their bullpen looks like it's a little depleted, but they always seem to be able to find parts to make that work. So, and Joe Nathan's coming back.
0: Yeah, Minnesota as a, as an organization has really been one of those teams that, for whatever the reason and whatever the the whatever it is that they put in the water or whatever, it, it always seems like the name on the front of the jersey always makes a bigger difference than the name on the back. Although I don't even believe they have names on the back of their jersey, but you get the you get the point. Whereas, whereas I think when you look at the the White Sox in years past, they've been kind of a team where the names on the front of the jersey don't mean nearly as much as the names on the back. A lot of big personalities, AJ Brzezinski, and, and of course, Ozzy Guillen, never won to shy away from a microphone. Bob, you got any ideas as to what we're going to see from the White Sox this year?
2: Like Adam said, it, it's going to be the three team race. The White Sox are going to be there as long as they have Ozzy Guillen, and as long as they have Mark Burley. You know, for the past five seven years those two have been the staple of that organization through it all uh they made the uh, i think in-season acquisition of ryan adam dunn not ryan dunn adam dunn Uh, Dunn to to sort of help them last year but depending on how he progresses if he can give them some pop uh to protect canerico uh their offense should be okay and then for them to to succeed to take the division, it, it's going to be Jake Peavy. This is a guy who came over in the trade, absolutely dominated the NL, and we've always seen that transition where it takes possibly a year, maybe a year and a half, to, even two years for for a pitcher to come over to the the more offense oriented AL to get acclimated, and take off. So I, I think for the White Sox, in order to, to, to continue or, or to, to have a chance this year, whether it be win the division or get a wild card berth, it, it's going to be on Jake Peavy
0: okay now the the a l West is a division that is more marked by the player that left the division than I think than by any of the individual players that uh, that signed on with the teams or or came through other acquisitions. I think um, when you look at last year 's division champ the Texas Rangers losing Cliff Lee. Is huge. Um, uh, you know, obviously, he was not there for the whole season last year. He only had, I believe, four win totals in ten regular season appearances. So it doesn't sound as though he's the kind of guy who really had that profound of an impact on the team. But we all know he was more or less a destroyer in the postseason last year. He's gone, uh, and and the the team has lost a lot of his locker room leadership. Uh, I'm not sure, despite the offensive. Power that these this Rangers team has, I'm not really sure that they have the ability to repeat as a champion. Um, when you're relying on the likes of C.J. Wilson to hold down that uh, ace spot in your rotation, I don't know. Am, am I wrong? I, I kind of see this division kind of more falling the way of possibly like an Oakland A's
2: team this year. Oh uh, yeah, you definitely gotta uh, always factor in Billy Bean uh, out in Oakland. He's a guy who. Yeah, he'll trade his big name guy, but he'll get two or three prospects who will funnel in and make that system work. Uh, kind of like how the Twins—that's all about who's on the front of their jersey, not the not the names on the back. I think they do have their names on the back, though. I think they do. Uh, right. And and <laughs> and why, why not? You know, they're they're always a, a team that's that's young that that they have enough prospects if they're in the race come. Uh, end of july they can always trade and and improve their stock and and not be worse off in their minor leagues or anything so they're always that that flex team and even los angeles yeah they they might not have the uh the same vlad guerrero style teams but you, you can't forget about them can you adam
1: Oh uh, no, I don't think you can. Uh especially when you get Kendry Morales coming back, as long as the guy doesn't try to uh have any too too many uh walk-off home run celebrations, should put up a pretty productive season. Jared Weaver just keeps progressing as a as a quality young pitcher. He's going to he has the chance to be a very very good starter this year. Dan Heron, they've got they've got the pitching that teams like uh a Texas may lack. You know, Texas is attaching a, a wing and a prayer that Brandon Webb is gonna capture some of that form he had in Arizona and come in and you know solidify the rotation. You know they, they did they did improve their their offense uh, a little bit. Uh, Adrian Beltre and Mike Napoli are gonna you know put up pretty decent power numbers in that park. But you know I'd I'd have to I'd have to think that it it comes down to the A's uh, who are a twin esque franchise in the fact that. I can look at that team and I don't see any visible holes, right? Uh, There might not be a superstar at every position. There might not be a $20 million man at every spot in their infield, but there aren't a lot of holes. Or it's going to come down to, you know, the Angels and uh, the way some of their young talent, whether they can step up or not, and uh, what kind of production they get out of uh, Vernon Wells now that he's playing out in Anaheim.
0: All right, uh, good stuff guys uh, let's let's move on over to the National League of course moving east to west when we look at what happened in this particular offseason in the NL East the first thing that comes to mind you know we mentioned it a few moments ago and uh, even a little bit earlier when talking about the Yankees but uh, Cliff Lee has managed to make his way back into the Philly rotation and of course what a rotation they have there. Um it, it, it's one of those things when you when you look at the Phillies as an organization, you kind of have that uh, Miami heat type feel when you look at the pitchers that they've got there. Uh, you know, I think that there's there's definitely some room for teams like Atlanta who maybe has a more well-rounded offense, especially with some of the years that uh, players are coming back from after last year so it's a wide open division although on paper I'd say the Phillies are looking really good at least from the onset uh Atlanta uh is is a team I think can make a run at this division do you expect that we'll see anything out of teams like the Mets this year or or is this going to be a a two-horse race
1: uh no I mean i it on paper it looks like it's going to be a two horse race. Uh, you know, a lot of these divisions look to be pretty hemmed up, especially when Philadelphia is rolling out the uh, greatest rotation to never pitch in a game. Uh, but you've got, you know, uh, the Braves are, are always are, are always there, and uh, the Dan Ugla acquisition is going to solidify that offense. Maybe replace some of the uh, the the step or the, the pop in that offense that Chipper Jones has lost uh over the last few years so on paper it looks like a two-team race but uh I don't think you can you can discredit uh you know the Mets and the Marlins from trying to make a run at this the Marlins played decent in that division last year and the Mets had a lot of people that were out um, obviously the, the rumors flying around that Johan Santana might not pitch at all this year really diminishes their chances uh, but Jason Bay had a down year. Carlos Beltran supposedly going to be coming back and uh, taking over in Redfield. Right field, uh, and uh, you know those those four teams right there could all uh, compete for 500. But uh, in the end, I think it's going to probably be a two horse race with Philadelphia coming out on top.
0: Now. Uh, Bob, do you think that uh, in the case of the Atlanta Braves, obviously they've they've gone on year after year after year after year. It seems like since the beginning of time, Bobby Cox was the manager down there in Atlanta. Do you think him stepping aside, them kind of ushering in a new era
2: of Braves baseball, do you think that's going to have a significant impact on the way that this team plays? There's definitely going to be some pressure there with uh, Freddie Gonzalez leading the, the Braves. He... he you have probably one of the biggest shoes in Major League Baseball coaching circle, minus you know probably Joe Torre with the Yankees in in the past 15, 20 years. So I, he's going to have some big shoes to fill. Uh, he's going to rely on some veteran pitchers there with uh, Hanson, Lowe, and Hudson. Uh, they do have some some issues with the, with a closer, but it, it's not one person. This is a culture. Uh, it's it. It's almost in the, the same retrospective that the Browns, since they've come back, I know this is kind of obscure off the wall. They haven't had really the right people in place, and and it's sort of the losing culture begot the losing culture. You know, it just seemed to go hand in hand. So, the, they have the right owners. They have the right philosophy. So, I, I, there might be a an initial step back, but I they definitely have the pieces and the parts to continue on where, where Bobby Cox left off.
0: All right. Now moving on to the national league central division. This is, this is uh, always, usually it's, it seems like in years past the central division um, really comes down to the end of the season with a lot of teams in contention. We got St. Louis Cardinals. We've got the Cincinnati Reds who really came on last year. Um, We got Brewers team that can, that can really swing some bats from time to time. And of course, You can never count out the Cubbies until, of course, it matters, and then you can always count out the Cubbies. But, uh, Bob, do you think uh, there's any team out here in the Central that has set
2: themselves apart as maybe a clear-cut favorite in your eyes? I think the big thing is you're going to be looking at the Reds. They won the division last year. Uh, They have a lot of the same guys coming back. You have Joey Votto, Bronson Arroyo, Volquez, Cueto, Homer Bailey. So... Uh, the main core is still there, so you're you definitely gonna have them there from day one, pushing towards uh, the, the, the playoffs. I like what the uh, Milwaukee Brewers did in the offseason. They added Sean Markham, Randy Wolf, or actually they they added Markham and Greinke uh, to Wolf and Gallardo to kind of solidify their rotation. I think Zach Granke could possibly have a flash-in-the-pan season just because of the fact that he's going from the AL to the NL, which might not be as offensive-oriented. I know I said it usually takes some time to acclimate going the other way. It seems to go quicker when you're going from the AL to the NL. Do you see big things coming out of Zach Granke this year, Adam?
1: Uh, well, yeah, uh, the only real question, I guess, with Granky is uh, handling the pressure of being in a new location. Uh, this is a guy who uh, has had some severe anxiety problems in his past, and there are rumors surrounding the fact that uh, he would have been swallowed alive had he been traded to New York. And, you know, luckily for him, Milwaukee is not a major market team where there's going to be a ton of pressure on him, but he is going from a small market team that never contended to a small market team that by all means has a realistic chance and expectation of contending. So if he can hold up underneath that sort of pressure, I do believe that he is going to be a a very successful pitcher in that division. You know, he's got some bottom feeding teams. I hate to say it, Astros uh, and uh, the the Pirates in, in the recent years have not been all that great. And you know, let's let's not let's not forget that Granke was was great in the AL Central without having the fortune to pitch against the Royals several times a year, like some of the other pitchers in that division have had.
0: Yeah, I actually, you know, going back to what you were saying, Bob, I, I, I kind of personally taken a look at the body of work from the Cincinnati Reds last year, and um, I, I, I know that, um, I know that there's a lot of guys on the roster that that really had great seasons last year, and as a team, they they performed better than they have in quite some time. But uh, I've kind of looked at this as a team that's failed to perform against the upper echelon teams in the league, and all the while beating up on the lower, uh, lower echelon teams, the the sub five hundred teams. They, they they've held a really good record against the guys they should beat, and a really bad record against the ones they shouldn't have. So I I, I personally kind of wonder if this is a team that. You know, they they could go two ways. This is either a team that overachieved last year and is going to come back to earth, or they're a team that you know maybe last year they were uh, just kind of getting used to the success that they were having, and and next year they can really step in with their full stride and, and play as a team and and you know win a lot of games against the teams like you know uh, Milwaukee and 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 St. Louis and um, you know Philly, other other of the powerhouses in the National League. Now, um, if we take a look over at the NL West, of course, it's easy to automatically assume that we've got the defending World Series champs, the San Francisco Giants, that they're a lock to, to win the division again. Wow, this was just a really weird division last year with with the, the, the Padres and the Giants and the Rockies and all of them kind of getting hot at different times and slumping at different times. And I I really think this is a division that's as much up in the air as any, even though they do have the uh, defending World Series champs coming back and potentially looking to be even better than they were last year. But I, I, I kind of felt... That it was a it was a very peculiar set of circumstances that allowed the Giants to even make the postseason last year, and while they did have a fantastic run once they were there, uh, it's it's definitely no guarantee that they're going to be making that type of run again. So uh, I think the NL West is going to shape up to be an interesting run. Who do you think, uh, Adam? Who do you think out in the West gives the Giants the stiffest competition as far as you know winning the division and and ultimately making it to the postseason this year?
1: Well, I think if you look at it, uh, outside of the Giants uh, and the team in that division that can give them the most problems is uh, going to be the Colorado Rockies. They played 500 against the uh, Giants last year, and they still have a lot of young players on that team. You know, Aldo Jimenez pitched out, out of his mind amazing last year, and, and uh, Troy Tulowitzki and Carlos Gonzalez carried that team for a large part of the season. You know, I'm aware Todd Helton isn't the batter he used to be, but... You know, I think you were right on with the uh you know, the comments about the Giants. I mean their their postseason heroes last year were Cody Ross and Edgar Renteria. Uh any team who is relying on those types of players to be postseason heroes, uh no no matter how great your starting rotation can be, and they do have a good starting rotation, there's always that possibility for a letdown. You can't guarantee that Aubrey Huff and Pat Burrell are going to play as well this year as they did last year or that uh, Buster Posey isn't going to have a sophomore slump. So uh, I think it's got to be the Rockies as the team that gives them the most problems.
0: I think there's always that possibility that Paparrell and Brian Wilson get thrown in straight jackets and sent off in a loony bin at any point in time too. So you always got to count that into play. The, the, you know, there's there's always the there's always the potential on any daily on any daily basis that Linscombe could get uh, nailed with any type of drug charges. Obviously, we're we're making gross assumptions here, but uh, it's been one that people across the country have had a lot of fun making over the past year. So why not play into it? Um, all right, so so that's kind of uh, we kind of did a run through of all the divisions. Obviously, a lot of a lot of off moves were made. I think uh, I think the Red Sox did quite a bit to improve their offense when they knew that their defense wasn't exactly going to win them anything. The Philadelphia Phillies making the big acquisition of Kirk- Cliff Lee to solidify, as you put it, Adam, the uh, greatest rotation to never pitch a game. Uh, Adam Dunn, huge move to the Chicago White Sox. What other teams have kind of made some moves? Who do you think uh, Who do you think's really done the most to up their stock from last year, Bob?
2: Uh, I'm actually going gonna, to gonna go on the flip side on this. I'm going to go with the team that probably uh, lost the most last year. And it's going to be in the AL East. It's going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, when you look at it, their major offseason acquisitions were Johnny Damon and Manny Ramirez. But the people that you lost were Carlos Pena, Jason Bartlett, Carl Crawford, Matt Garza, not to forget their pretty much entire bullpen in uh, Rafael Soriano, Dan Wheeler, Balfour, Benoit Choate, and Qualls. That that's that's tough to come from. I, you know, it, it's. I know, me and Adam are talking about this. This is a both organizations in Florida have kind of taken on this youth movement wholeheartedly. When you when you think about like Carlos Peña coming in. Um, to this team, he was never supposed to be the superstar. He was just a, a veteran. So it'll be interesting to see how they can mix and match pieces and, and see if they can compete with with uh, both the Red Sox and the Yankees. Sure,
0: yeah, and, and as, a, as a division as a whole, I'm not sure that there's one that you can afford to take a step back any more than the AL East. Um, what about you Adam? There's any team that you can see that's that's really made some moves that at least on paper make them uh, out to be a significant upgrade from what we saw from this same team on the field last year?
1: Well, not that I'm thinking that this team is going to be a contender by any means, but as far as improvement goes, uh, the Baltimore Orioles last year were 66 and 96. you know, finished 30 games back in the AL East. Uh, And I think they went out this year and they made some good moves to pick up some guys. Uh, I think Mark Reynolds is going to rebound and hit nicely in that park. I think Derek Lee provides them a pretty decent bat. Uh, And I think uh, Matt Veters and Brian Mattis taking another step forward in their maturation really makes that team substantially better than 66 and 96. As far as as a team that made themselves better that i see as a contender in the american league i i have to go with the uh, detroit tigers i really think that the victor martinez acquisition is is going to be uh huge for them uh and uh as long as nobody hits the ball in the gaps at shortstop and johnny peralta doesn't have to show off his range uh i think they'll be a pretty solid team in the central
2: it's such like nightmares Remi- <laughs> reminding us of Peralta playing in shortstop here in Cleveland
0: and and you know going back to the going back to the Baltimore pick of course we you always have to keep in mind that they uh, they shook up their roster or shook up their I should say dugout a little bit when they hired Buck Showalter in mid-season, and he definitely produced an immediate impact. It'll be interesting to see what uh, his leadership in that dugout does when given the whole course of a season to play out.
1: Absolutely, and uh, I also forgot about the uh, Vladimir Guerrero acquisition to play DH for them, which I think is going to be huge.
0: Yeah, it's just really unfortunate for them that they've got to sit behind the teams that they've got to sit behind in that division. Okay, so uh, every year they hand out hardware, and um, every year people like us like to sit in rooms and, and pretend who's going to win the hardware. So uh, let's let's take a rundown and let's take a look at some of the big awards that will be handed out at the end of the season and maybe give some projections as to who might be taking the hardware home. Uh, we'll start off with the MVP, AL and NL MVP. Last year, of course, the NL MVP went to Joey Vado, a tight race between him and Albert Pujols. I think a lot of the decision to give it to Vado last year came down to the fact that he was doing that as well as he was and was putting up the numbers he was, and his name wasn't Albert Pujols. Uh, occasionally, I think being Albert Pujols can work against you. I don't. I don't think that anybody puts up Pujols' numbers this year. I think it's his award to lose. Um, anybody Anybody disagree on that one?
1: Uh, the only guy I could see taking a run at Pujols this year would be uh, Carlos Gonzalez from Colorado. Uh, the guy had a monster year last year, and uh, you know he has the potential, and uh, that's that's the key word here. The potential to uh, to push holes for this NL MVP award is especially if the Rockies play uh, better than they did
2: last year. And you honestly can't uh, forget we're we're going to talk about Philadelphia throughout the year just just based on what they've had. Not only last year they they've had production on offense, whether it be Howard, Rollins, or even Utley. I know Utley starting off hurt to begin with, but. You know, Rollins gets hot, Howard gets hot. You, you, you def- definitely have to put them into the consideration.
0: And let's not forget Prince Fielder. Had uh, 30 home runs or more each of the last four seasons, and he had 50 back in 2007. So you know he's a guy who can who can win an award with his bat. I don't think uh, defensive play is really going to earn him any nods any time in his career. But uh, you always got to count him into the picture. Now let's take a look over at the American League frontrunners. And again, I think uh, I think when you look at who won it last year, Josh Hamilton. There's a strong case that can be made um, that uh, that Hamilton is going to be the frontrunner again this year. But I really think that uh, I really think that Robinson Cano, with the season he had last year, if he continues to approve, is somebody who's going to definitely put at, at least close some distance in on Hamilton, if not uh, overcome him to win the award this year. Uh, who else do you see possibly uh, finishing with a lot of votes in the American League MVP vote, Adam?
1: Oh uh, well, you know, you make a good point with Hamilton. Uh, you know, the guy has shown that he is an elite talent when healthy, but he's just as likely to uh, come out and hit 359 again this year like he did last year or to uh, miss 60 or 70 games. So I don't think you can handicap him as a a favorite. Uh, I do like the Robinson Cano pick. Uh, I think he has a legitimate chance to win the AL batting crown this year. And, you know, I also think that uh, Adrian Gonzalez is going to be a strong player in Fenway you know, he put up pretty substantial numbers out in San Diego, which is not an easy ballpark to hit in. And he's a a good batter at using the opposite field, which uh, I have a feeling he'll be banging doubles off that green monster all season.
2: Yeah, I'm going to follow up with the Adrian Gonzalez pick. That's such a huge move this year because of the power that he brings to that lineup. He kind of replaces the Ortiz, the Manny that they haven't really had in the past two or three years with his with his offensive numbers. Like you're saying he's coming into a ballpark that he should just thrive in. The fact that they have the short porch out in um left field and we've seen it before. You get a good pitch it's gone. Not not just the doubles. It, he he has the potential to hit 50 playing in Fenway.
0: A couple other of the hot names I've seen thrown around, Evan Longoria, um, Joe Maurer, of course, if he's healthy an entire season and, and plays up to his potential, he's always going to be in that conversation. So what about uh, what about Cy Young award winners? The uh, The National League this past year definitely had no shortage of outstanding pitchers, Wow. Uh, I, I think you could you could lump the entire Phillies rotation in there. Of course, Tim Lincecum has always got to be in the conversation. We talked a little bit about Zach Greinke, of course, moving out to Milwaukee. We'll have to see how he holds up to the pressure there. Um, any other maybe dark horses you see in the uh, National League Cy Young
1: race? Well, yeah. I mean, the, uh, the Phillies rotation, you've probably got at least two legitimate Cy Young contenders in Halliday and Lee you know that's going to be tough for another team to uh or another pitcher to to overcome the kind of numbers that those guys can put up especially with some offense behind them but i think if you look at uh, another potential guy to work his way in here is uh yubaldo jimenez again from uh colorado i his season last year was was quite good and uh there's no reason to believe he couldn't lay down another performance like that. Uh, and uh, another guy, Josh Johnson from the Florida Marlins, a guy that has a little bit of a hard time making his 30 starts every year, but uh, he was almost unhittable last year for stretches. And if uh, he can stay healthy, I think he could uh, pose a serious problem uh, because the Cy Young is, is one of the few major awards that doesn't necessarily always go to a uh, player on a winning team. Felix Hernandez winning it last year on a 100-loss uh, Mariners team is a uh, perfect example.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to piggyback that and I'm going to throw out Clayton Kershaw and Chad Billingsley who had really good years for the Dodgers um, last year who just t- 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 faded as the stretch went, but these are two guys who have the stuff, uh, depending on how things fall, could could possibly be in the discussion
0: yeah an interesting thing I'd like to just throw out there about the Phillies rotation. I think that i I realize that baseball is especially at the pitcher's position is a little bit more of an individual thing than than other sports but uh i i I've seen in other circumstances where when you have a significant portion of the top-tier talent all in one roster, it kind of tends to diffuse the attention of any one of those guys. So I really think that it, I would be personally shocked and amazed if anybody wearing a Phillies uniform ends up taking home that hardware uh, this season just because, you know, say Cliff Lee does have an amazing year. Well, what if Roy Halliday has... You know, just a, a slightly lower e, or slightly higher ERA and and as many you know as many strikeouts. Roughly, it's it's really hard to pick one of those guys over
2: the other, and I think they cancel each other out for the most part. Actually, I'm I'm going to stop you there. We can look at the Indians. Uh, the same year that CC Sabathia and Fausto Camarno won Carmona, not Carmo. Whatever I said. Uh, yeah, you had CC who ended up winning. I. Th- think 21 games. I know Fosto won won 19. So you you can have those two pitchers back to back if one is doing better than the other. So there there is history on their side. So I I would tend to agree with you that usually the star isn't going to shine as bright if there's another one right. For all the more fantastic that
0: those seasons were for both of those young guys, I'm not sure that you can quite compare Fausto Carmona to Roy Halladay. But uh, fair point to be made. Fair point to be made.
1: I think, I think another point that needs to be uh, addressed is also the fact that expectations are so high for these guys that at this point, anything short of a 20-win season for both Halladay and Lee is going to be almost a disappointment. Whereas that year that Carmona did have uh, kind of came out of nowhere uh so his his season was was equally as surprising as just about anybody else's in baseball that year but at the same time i do uh tend to agree that it's not out of the realm of possibility uh it just seems to be uh their expectation is so high in that rotation that short of one of them winning 25 games i don't think anybody's going to refer to it as a great year
0: and of course you know looking back at the the recent uh, pitching lineups that they had in Cleveland. I'm pretty sure uh, if you looked at the the season following the amazing CC and Fausto season, I don't think anybody in any preseason show had Cliff Lee down as their uh, Cy Young award winner that season either. So there's always that potential that somebody's going to come out of nowhere on a on an unsuspecting team a team that you don't really expect much from and and kind of comes through and 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 wins a lot of games and and shows a lot a lot of skill on the mound that uh can take this award that maybe it's not even a name we know at this point in time so that's one of the fun things about the cy young award in major league baseball is that it's always a wide open race when the uh, when the season begins so uh, that being said, uh, let's take a look over at the American League. Uh, always got to look at CC Sabathia. You got to look at John Lester as potential candidates to win a Cy Young in the AL. Um, Felix Hernandez, of course, the the shocking selection last year, not because of his individual numbers, but you know just because his team in the Seattle Mariners was just so poor offensively that despite his incredibly low ERAs, his his uh, win percentage wasn't exactly good um, what's, uh, who, who are maybe some dark horses coming into the AL that might, uh, that might steal away an award
1: uh, I think uh, a good pick and a good dark horse candidate in this category is uh, Justin Verlander of Detroit uh, as I previously said I expect better things out of Detroit this year and Verlander certainly has the, the stuff to garner that sort of national attention uh, I think David Price as well, uh, in Tampa. Uh, he had an unbelievable year last year pitching in a very tough division to pitch in. And I think both of those guys could, could be potential, not, not perhaps dark horse candidates, but perhaps candidates that aren't going to be on a Boston or a New York.
0: Okay, so individual awards are one thing they're great and and a nice thing to put on your mantle when you get to the season at season's end. But if you're not playing after the regular season, then really it's all been for nothing let's Let's talk a little bit real quick uh, before we wrap up. Let's talk about what we expect to see and who we expect to see playing baseball when the, uh, when the fall classic comes along this year. We've got, uh, obviously, a division winner from each division. I've got the Red Sox, Minnesota Twins, and I'm thinking Oakland A's in the AL West and the Yankees taking the wild card. Anybody uh, got any mixing up to do in there?
1: hate to beat a dead horse but uh i would i would have to say potentially Minnesota, or uh instead of minnesota uh detroit in the al central and with the possibility of uh los angeles having a big gear out of uh, some of their starting rotation uh that they could sneak their way into the nl west picture
2: you know, uh, honestly, I think this is one of the first years that maybe in a while that you, when you're looking at the beginning of the season, it, it isn't as predetermined as, as it usually is. You know, yeah, it seems like every team has some sort of weakness or some sort of glaring hole that could, could possibly make or break their season. Uh, I, I agree with the Boston thing. I, I think they just have a little bit too much pitching compared to um everyone else in the division to go along with their offense um as much as i hate them, i I, if pv rebounds just the fact that they have burley there they have a lot of veterans in their lineup and Ozzie gian's a part of this team if he can get them back to where he was where they were just Two years ago, they're always in the contention, and and the West is always the West. You, everyone's in it except pretty much Seattle, unfortunately.
0: All right, now the uh, NL. I've got uh, I've got my playoff picture painted with a little bit of Philly, a little bit of St. Louis, a little bit of Colorado, and the Braves sweeping up the wild card spot. Anybody got any issues with
1: those? I would agree with you on the uh, the Philly win in the East and the Atlanta in the Wild Card, and uh, I like your pick of Colorado in the West. I don't know yet if they're going to be able to overcome the uh, Adam Wainwright injury in St. Louis. Uh, So my pick in that division would probably be Milwaukee with a substantially improved uh, rotation and big years out of both Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder could really uh, propel them into first place in that division.
0: I by far, by the way, think that the NL Central is the division that is the most absolutely wide open
2: of all divisions. Who do you got on the top of it by the time the season's out, Bob? Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it where it was last year. I'm going I'm to go with Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, it might have been a fluke season. They might have just caught hot at the right time. But the fact that there wasn't too much of a change in their overall core, I, I, I think it sets them up. To have a kind of the the edge going into the season.
0: All right, guys, who's your uh, who's your World Series picks?
1: Unfortunately, it appears that I would have uh, Boston over Philadelphia at this point in time. Uh, I believe by by the time everything is all said and done, this could be a different scenario. But I think right now, preseason, looking at it on paper, those are the two teams to me that really jump out as potential hundred win clubs. And uh, two teams that I could see being carried by uh, decently strong pitching staffs in the postseason, uh, John Lester, and you know, you can never forget about Josh Beckett and his postseason history uh, up in Boston. And uh, I really think at least three of the big four in Philadelphia come through when it counts, and uh, I have Boston with a slight edge given uh, what I perceive to be a slightly superior offense.
0: I actually uh I'm actually siding with you almost entirely on that. I have the same matchup. I, I, I see the end result going a little bit different. Uh I'm I'm going with the Philly uh the Phillies in the in the World Series mainly because while you look at it and you see an offensive advantage I look at it the other way and I see the Philadelphia Phillies with a little bit of a defensive advantage and of course obviously we're probably ridiculously overrating this pitching rotation in the preseason but hey that's what uh that's what uh that's what we do here at Sports on Point
1: What
0: do you think Bob
2: Uh you know honestly you you guys said the majority of it if I was seriously sitting down predicting those would be the two teams it could be either or of I I would probably say the Phillies but hey for just the sake of it I'm gonna say Oakland and the Colorado just to kind of set up a a previous one like last year where it was (laughs) Texas and St. not St. Louis San, San Francisco so those are my oddball. I'll, I'll go with an oddball prediction since you guys went to more of the streamlined. All right. Sounds good. Works for me. Well, this has been Sports on Point. We hope you enjoyed the show.
0: Please send suggestions and comments to feedback at sportsonpoint.com. You can also call the show at 646-39. That's 646-397-6468. See you later, sports fans. Guys, make sure you tune in next week. We will have a healthy dose of... Of tournament action to be talking with you guys. The, the 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 bracket competition should prove to finish out pretty close. People we don't, uh, people we don't even know are winning, and and uh, your girlfriend is dominating, and it's 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 crazy shenanigans, and uh, we should have a fun finish to the to, to the tournament to report on over the next couple of weeks. So thanks for listening, everybody. Special thanks to Adam for joining and helping us out with the MLB preview edition. And uh make sure you tune in next week. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Woohoo!